0: Will Utah leave for the Big 12 if the Pac-12 media rights deal is underwhelming? We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wishstill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. You guys can hit me up at JT Wishstill or at Locked On Utes if you guys want to talk about anything we discussed on the show. Reach out about questions you would like answered on the show. Also, make sure you guys comment on these videos. I do my best to go through and answer each of your comments. And feel free to subscribe. We're on our road to a thousand subscribers. Still in remote location today. I'm still up in Boise. I'm going to be until. Friday show of this week, but appreciate all of you for joining us. And today we're talking what's been the most popular point of conversation when it comes to the Pac-12 and as it pertains then Utah football conference realignment is always going to be the big story until it's officially done. And look, the conference is coming at a big juncture because what's going to happen is and this is a story released by Max Olson, I believe it was last Friday, along with Stuart Mandel who was also involved in the reporting, saying that Utah... And it's Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. There's belief amongst the Big Twelve that if the Pac-12 media rights deal is underwhelming, that the Big Twelve could swoop in and pry the four corner schools away from the Pac-12. Their commissioner of the Big Twelve, Brett Yormaker, has been incredibly aggressive in terms of trying to expand and. Look, I think he did a great job getting in early on the Pac-12, on the not Pac-12, but on his media rights deal, and now what they're able to do, and the Big 12 is sitting in a really nice position, at least for the short-term future of college football now, because and or just in general going forward, because look, maybe the two super conference thing is going to happen that, as I mentioned, I feel like we're eventually heading that direction, but we don't know what's going to happen, and if conferences stay like they are, there's a reason that Big 12 media rights deal runs for so much longer, and who knows if we do leave and do super conferences and all that, how. would affect the the big 12 and everything but either way the big 12 did a good job pouncing on it early and now they're in the position where they have an opportunity to add other conferences it sounds like the other ad's in the big 12 are eager to pounce on this too commission they really like commissioner your plans it needs to be a little convincing but they think they could get it done and look makes sense when everyone's loading up on more powerhouses and everything and especially let's just look at it from i think the first thing to talk about with this is would it be For Utah, is this a realistic possibility? And it absolutely is a realistic possibility. Now I will say, I said it time and time again, right? I still feel like Utah is going to end up staying in the Pac 12 when this is all said and done. I think the media rights deal, because the Big 12 members get, I believe, 31 million annually per year. I think for Utah and all the big and all the Pac 12 members, as long as that number is oh, gotta say above 28 million. I still feel like they would stay in the pack. I think anything below that like if it if it came in at 25 million and they could make 6 to 7 million more by going over and joining the Big 12 then yes, I believe Utah and the four corner schools would leave and I think there's a decent chance that Washington and Oregon would eventually end up in the Big 10 or some scenario like that. But the truth is I don't expect that to happen. I think it's really valuable. Now yes, the Big 12 was able to cash in early and they get 31 million because there are more fans of those schools than there are on the average Pac-12 team. That's just essentially with how big football is in the South a lot too. And there are certain markets in the Pac-12, like I think Utah is obviously one of them. And once again, I appreciate all of you support this show, but it's not as big as some of those other teams. And I mean, it, it down in the big 12, just in terms of the Pac-12 in general, like I said, Utah, I think would fit right in there. Fans rank amongst them, but a lot of the other fan bases, I'm not sure. So it's harder for them. In terms of the media rights deal to have as much appeal because there obviously are so many more people who live on the east coast and the west coast and a lot of those east coast people they support the east coast there's the pac-12 we talked about this before right the pac-12 doesn't matter as much to people over on the east coast I, I i know from being over there it's not right it's not how it should be but just listen to the way the people talk over there they they don't care about pac-12 football and it's one of the reasons the media rights deals are in this position where it's apple amazon and espn that feels like the three options still that utah is the Pac-12 is talking to and trying to figure everything out. So it just makes it a big jumbled mess, really, confu- really confusing, basically, and really challenging. So the, this month is huge. This month is when it sounds like the Pac-12 has got to have a solid plan, finalize everything. By the end of the month, have something in place. Now, the nice thing is they're all going to be in the same location this week because we just got through the women's basketball tournament, the men's basketball tournament starting this week. So Commissioner Kaliakoff, will be meeting with all the athletic directors. It's one of the great things about these conference tournaments, right? You get everyone meeting in one place. So they're all going to come through and do that. And then what's going to end up happening is they're going to talk about all of this, all of the media rights deals, everything that's going on. And commissioner Koliakoff has to come in with a rock solid plan to reassure his members. This is where, as a leader, he has to step up and he's done a number of things well, I think overall. Now, the last couple of months, because of this media rights stuff, has been pretty rocky. And I think when you look at how Commissioner Yormaker has stepped in for Bob Bowlesby, the former commissioner of the Big 12, I think it's been lights out. And obviously, the way he's handled the media rights deal has been fantastic. And the pac 12 struggles with it are what's led to me going on people like uh, Locked out Big 12's Josh Neighbors show and talking about Utah potentially joining the Big 12. It's why you hear these stories. And look, it said Big 12 officials had been in contact with the with these schools about this possibility like that. And the fact that this is a report I think shows you that there are people at Utah that are at least considering this. And once again, how could you not if the media rights deals are going to be really bad? Now, the nice thing the PAC 12 still has is those late primetime games can be so valuable. Utah versus Oregon did 5 million last year. The Oregon Washington game is going to be huge this season. Um, I'm sure of Utah, uh, Oregon, Washington. I said, how about Utah, Washington this year? That's going to be another one. It's going to be absolutely outstanding because Colorado continues to rise. That's the interesting thing. I think if you're the big 12, especially like, look, you got the current powerhouse in Utah that's playing and operating at a level that they haven't been in. I mean, arguably the best in, their program's history right now. We talk about Utah football, Colorado on the rise with Dion. I do think after this season, there's going to be a lot of optimism around Arizona state. I just think Kelly, Kenny Dillingham bringing in Jaden Rashada. I think there's going to be a lot of optimism there. And I still like what head coach Jeff fish is doing in Arizona. I think they're just going to continue to rise, continue to climb too. So I think all four of those schools have a lot of upside too. And I said, Utah is the current powerhouse, right? Well, they're also set up to be the future one since they continue to bring in outstanding recruiting classes. So It's going to be interesting. I'm I'm sticking with my prediction. As I said, Utah, to me, will stay in the Pac-12. I think the media rights deal, they're going to make a nice plan in Vegas this week. They're going to feel good about it. By the end of the month, they will have a media rights deal down. I think it'll be somewhere in between that 28 to 30 million range so right around where the big 12 is at because like i said i think those late primetime games have a lot of value especially because tv wise those are those do outstanding numbers because they're a lot of times the only games on it's one thing with the you with the big 12 a little bit is a lot of those day games because there's so many other great sec big 10 games all these other conferences playing that you get lost in the shuffle kind of versus those late night games like that. Those ones that can get over around 10 30, 11 o'clock, especially on the the mountain and West coast time. Like that's all of that side of the country. Football fans are going to be watching. So it's a huge thing there. I think it's going to, it's going to allow the PAC 12 to make a nice media rights deal. In the end, this all comes about, it's a bad look that's dragged on this long, but in the end, as long as the numbers are decent, everyone will be, everything will be all right. And everyone will be happy. So yes, I still believe Utah will stay in the PAC 12, but I think it's interesting the Big 12 being aggressive, and once again, I think it's just a smart move because the position and the worry that college athletics works in the world currently right now. We're going to come back in a second and talk about the state of the Utah running back room as spring ball is rapidly approaching, but first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. If you guys are still trying to keep up with your New Year's resolutions like me but don't want a compromised taste then I've got a healthy and tasty option for you. you got to try Bilt. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes Built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 grams and only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around and order at Built.com. You can still do that, but you can also pick them up at your local Smith's or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club today and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. If you're close to the Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro, and go and go over to your Smith's and get a great selection there as well. And still go to Built.com, too, if you want to get in on a couple of the other great flavors that are tasty and good for you at Built Bar. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Let UCCU make your family's dream of owning a home come true by making it more affordable. Right now, UCCU is offering a low seven and 10-year ARMS with rate inflation protected. An adjustable rate mortgage, or ARM for short, comes with an initial low rate for seven or 10 years. After that, it adjusts to the rate that fluctuates based on the market. The big advantage of an ARM is that it comes with an initial rate that's lower than a conventional mortgage. And with this low rate, an arm gives you more purchase power than a traditional mortgage. In fact, you could get up to 10% more house with an adjustable rate mortgage for the same payment as a conventional loan. Plus, an adjustable rate mortgage can make qualifying for a mortgage loan easier for first-time home buyers. To learn more or get an arm, or get an arm simply visit uccu.com and select the arm that works best for you or stop by any UCCU branch. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty. We are less than, as this actually, this release is on Tuesday. So two weeks from today, When you guys are listening to this, we will have our first official spring practice. So, what does that mean? It's time to look ahead and look around at each position group and kind of preview and talk about how my what I'm kind of thinking and feeling about each position group into this. And there's a lot of excitement around this Utah football program, obviously coming off what they did last year, have an incredibly difficult schedule this year, and got a lot of fun, talented players. It's going to make it really interesting to do. So, when we're looking at, we're going to start with the running backs. I think the running backs. A lot of fun, a lot of upside there. So let's start there. I think the first thing with the running backs that you got to talk about is JaQuindon Jackson, right? I mean, it's still incredible to think and look back on. I still remember the Southern Utah game. Got in late in that game. Because, you know, all last offseason, the battle was, and that was the, the leading story going into spring camp, right? Who will be quarterback to? Will it be Bryson or will it be Jaquinden? And now look at how things have turned around. Now it's, obviously, the story this year will be, will it be Bryson or Nate? And that's something we'll be talking about later this week on Locked On Utes in when we do our quarterback positional preview. But sticking with the running backs right now, Jaquindon got in against Southern Utah. I remember it was a block game. And this one one, um, he just kept it on a QB keeper. Um, I don't remember the exact play, but it's like a 28-yard run or something and he just made guys miss and it was just I was just sitting up there like man Utah has to find a way to get this guy on the field more. He's just so special. Bring back the Jaquindan Jackson package at the time I was campaigning for on this show. And uh, and Jaquindan wanted to play. He didn't want to redshirt or do anything. So he started to play on special teams and then after talking with the coaches, he decided to make the decision to switch to running back. And I mean it worked out phenomenally. I mean, when you're looking at, guy, he had 531 yards. Let's talk about some of these other running backs. We'll get into a second. But um, he was top three in rushing yards for Utah. And he was the only one with under 80 carries. So like Tavion Thomas led Utah in rushing yards last year, right? 687 yards on 142 carries. Average 4.8 yards per carry. McKay Bernard, 106 yards. Or excuse me, 106 carries, 533 yards. Now let's check in on Jaquindon Jackson. 78 carries. 531 yards, averaging 6.8 yards a carry, and a team-leading nine rushing touchdowns, once again, despite not even starting the season at running back. I think Arizona, the Arizona State game was when he kind of, the first Pac-12 game was his first game. He saw a couple of uh, reps at running back, but he, let's again, spent the whole off season training and practicing to be a quarterback, and, and that's what he's been. He dominated at Texas as one, but he was also an outstanding dual-threat quarterback, and now... We see kind of the second part of that dual threat. We know we can still sling it out there, but not at the level I think he wanted to, to continue to play at the high level. And now I think he's got a chance to really show out this year and potentially put himself in the position for the 2024 NFL draft. I think that's the kind of season and the special abilities that Jaquindon Jackson has. I'm a huge believer in his skill set. And once again, I still can't believe 78 carries for 531 yards. So two yards off Makai. I think Makai is incredible as well. He battled a lot of injuries last year. That's really important to remember. Also still some shuffling around that Utah offensive line. We'll talk about Makai in a second, but just incredible what Jaquindon was able to do. Once again, that's 6.8 yards yards per carry, a home run hit or two, a long, couple long touchdowns against USC and Colorado. He really got hot late in the season. So I'm a huge fan of Jaquindon Jackson. I'm excited to see him continue to. One thing that's nice about spring ball is we get to see some of the practices a little bit. So I'm really excited to go up there and just kind of continue to see him, uh, his vision, do his work. You know, spring ball is always a little bit different, right? Because it's, yes, you're practicing hard and everything, but you just can't simulate game intensity at the end of that You can go extremely hard and they're going to really hit. Like I said, I mean, I have no doubts. They'll be going 95%, but not going to see 110% because once again, I just, the games are just different when kind of spring ball rolls around in that regard. But what I just think Jaquindon is in for a huge 2023 season, and I'm excited to see him continue to show out in spring ball. It's going to be fun to just see him continue to get that work and those extra reps in. And I think it's going to be huge to him having that monster breakout season. It's just more practice Um, I'm sure he's been watching film, working on his footwork, doing a lot of ladder drills and all that stuff. So I'm excited to see what Jaquindan can do. Now, originally we thought this offense would just beat Jaquindan's from a rushing standpoint, but then Makai who entered the transfer portal decided to come back for another season. So it's nice that it gives Utah an elite one, two running back punch still. And I think with Makai, the big thing with him is as I still, I think you're going to see most of the time. I'm sure Makai will come out there for the be the starting running back a lot, right? That's kind of the thing everyone says. is, you know, so, The starter is the one who's on the field lining up first, but I do think Shaquindan is going to lead this team in carries this coming season. I just think he's a little bit better of a runner than Makai is just those decision-making, those quick cuts, all, all of those things, but I do think Makai is, I mean, I said, I think Shaquindan is a little better. I think Makai is outstanding in his own right. I especially think, look, is the one thing Shaquindan has to grow his game is a pass-catching back, and I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get because Makai Bernard's pretty great at it. We saw him come up with huge plays all last season. We know Cam Rising trusts him too. I mentioned that Makai didn't have the most rushing yards in the world, but when you look at receiving yards, he was this is team's fifth leading receiver. He had 34 catches for 314 yards, averaged 9.2 yards a catch. So, And we saw some of the plays he's able to make in space. Just that ability to make guys miss on the outside is truly special. So I expect Makai to still have a huge role in this offense. And I'm excited to see what he's going to continue to be able to do for this Utah team. And not just the passing game, he's also a great pass blocking back whenever you need him to in for blitz protection. And still made a number of nice plays on the ground. I, once again, I expect him to have more rushing yards this season than last. But I still think is going to be the guy just because of those special moments we saw. The toughness, the burst, all of those things. But Makai's going to be in for a huge year too. I know there's a lot of exciting young running backs, and yeah, I'm excited to see what John Randall and the rest of the class are going to do when they're up, when they do eventually get up to Utah, um, you know, some of the early running back, some of the guys are early enrollees, but I I just, they're not going, they're not as what I'm excited to see about. I'm excited to see a little flashes from them, but they're not going to be the story of the 2023 season. They're going to be the story of way beyond the last guy worth mentioning. in this is Jalen Glover. I still think Jalen's going to get a decent number of carries and I should, um, spring, this is spring ball. Once again, sticking with spring ball. So yeah, Chris Curry will factor into this rotation too. And what capacity we'll talk about that more on another episode of locked on Utes. But I do think that just for Curry coming off that injury, we'll see how explosive or what level he's at. I do expect Jalen to be the number two running back. Just this is his second spring ball now, another year in the system, in the flow. And I think he's feeling really ready to go and good about it. And I, I think Jalen's going to have another a strong year too. Once again, just won't see as many opportunities just because the other guy's a little bit older. Um, Jaquindon, a little more athletic, a little faster. But Jalen, I mean, just you talk about a bruiser who can bull guys over, make some nice cuts to good speed on the outside to – Um, or a good speed when bouncing runs to the outside, I should say. Um, I'm still a huge Jalen Glover fan. I think he does a lot of positive things for this Utah football team, and I think he's going to be relied upon a lot to do some really special things because there's going to be times when guys get banged up, nicked up throughout the season, and that's where you need depth in the running back room. And Jalen's going to have a game where I think he definitely gets over – Fifteen, maybe even up to twenty carries a game, depending on how the game is trending. But I definitely think he's going to have a hundred-yard rushing game for Utah this season. I just think the things are going to come right. It's going to be the Jalen Glover game where he has a two-touchdown performance and a hundred rushing yards. It just feels like the natural thing that's going to happen with a guy as talented as he is. And I also expect him to be more involved in the passing game this year. But uh, when you just talk to Jalen, he's a guy that's easy to fall in love with with his work ethic and the way he approaches the game. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do because I still think while JaQuindon and Mackay are going to have the majority of the yards, I think there's going to be a couple points in the season where Jalen makes some big. Plays. And once again, at least one game this season, I'm calling will be the Jalen Glover game. So that's kind of how I see the spring running backs playing out. It's just how the running back room plays out in spring ball. But I want to put a bow on the 2022 Utah running back room and give a letter grade on something we're going to be doing throughout these tra- these spring ball previews on Locked On Utes. And we're going to come back and do that in just a second. But first, want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys know FanDuel Sportsbook is a great place to go to betting on all the games and actions. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point score to threes drain. Make sure you guys head over to FanDuel today, and you can even get on an exclusive bet. It's like a two-for-three. three, two three pointer score in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger pal with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com. To learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alrighty, so closing this one out, let's talk about the U- the 2022 Utah running back room. Putting a ball on it. What a strange season. And we could say that about a lot of the positions and um, just the aspect of U- this Utah football team, right? The, with the way we all expected them to kind of be the top seed in the pack, be the top team in the pack 12, be able to easily secure their place into the championship game. That didn't happen that way. But Hey, either way, they still made it out pack 12 champs. And uh, one of the weird elements of the season was Tavion Thomas. He had the most, he looked like himself against Florida. That was the thing. He had over hundred and I think 115 rushing yards against Florida. Like this is the Tavion we expected. Um looked like his physical stealth always runs hard. Sees a, sees a crease can explode through it a little bit, get a nice 10 yard run out of it. So it got off to a really good start. Then whether it was um, injuries or other stuff, it's always hard to speculate on what go- goes on inside a locker room, right? But clearly there was some stuff going on between whether it was, we don't know if it was Tavion, the coaches, Tavion, his teammates, whatever it is, something was going on there. And Tavion dealt with tragedy um, last season too. You always got to bring that up and talk about this. The loss of his aunt was something very difficult to deal with. And um, I give him a lot of credit for still trying to come back to this team and do all the things that um, trying to contribute, being willing to play on special teams and do all of those things out there. But with Tavion that, yeah, it just didn't click last year for whatever reason. And, um, you know, we saw him leave early before the Colorado game because um, he had the toe injury that, w- that he had put out in a statement. Either way, just a really weird season for Tavion. I mean, when you're talking about grading Tavion season individually, I think when you see 682 yards and w- I think once again, those were really boosted. His rushing yards were by. I should also say, I said he had his most rushing yards in the um the Florida game. I totally messed that up. He obviously shredded Stanford late in the season when he got that opportunity and everything. Uh, really clicked for him. Still had seven touchdowns overall for this Utah football team. But if you would have told me 142 carries, six point uh, 687 yards, um, he has like I said 4.8 yards a carry, but a lot of that I think a little inflated by the end of the sta- by the Stanford game overall. So. Yeah, for Tavion, if you're giving an individual grade on Tavion, because this is what makes this so interesting, right? Because the, these guys are going to have drastically different grades. So Tavion's grade, I'm going to go – I'll give him a C plus. Still 687 yards is everything you battle. I think it's still good. But if, I, I think when you're coming off a season when you were – one of the focal points of this Utah offense, as he was last year, set the single-season rushing touchdown record. Under 700 yards is underwhelming. When you factor in the other circumstances, that's why I still give it a C plus, But it's hard for me to give it over a B. And then let's talk about the other guys, right? This is where the grading system becomes difficult because you got guys like Makai Bernard and Quinton Jackson, uh, Jalen Glover, all factor into. So bummed that Chris Curry kind of gets it incomplete because of the way his season played out. But um, I thought those guys were all sensational. For Makai, I think I'd give him a B plus just because, like I said, maybe injuries and some of the rushing yards weren't there, but still a lot of positive things in the passing game and made a few plays in the running game. Um, Jalen, kind of an up and down first season but a lot of really good moments you know just kind of I think in the speed needs needs to get a little more acclimated to that for him I said 78 carries 360 yards still average 4.6 yards a carry so for Jalen, I think I would go, I'll go, absol- I'll go B- minus for Jalen. And then Jaquindon Jackson, all you can give is an A+. plus. I mean, he was absolutely unbelievable this season. So you get guys all over the board in terms of grades. But yeah, Jaquindon's emergence um, was a great, pleasant surprise and definitely helped boost the grade of this group project when you're talking about the running back grade from 2022. Overall, I'm going to give the room a B. I think a solid B is fair. I think when you look at the guys all over the spectrum, right? you had a guy and uh, Tavion Thomas, like I said, really underwhelmed. Mackay, who, like I said, was solid but wasn't outstanding. Jaquindin, who was sensational. And Jalen Glover who had nice moments but um, didn't overall dominate on the season. I would say I think a B is a fair grade for the running backs last season. And I expect that grade to... Honestly, be in the A-range, which Jaquindon, Makai getting back and healthy, another year for Jalen. I expect this running back room to be much improved from last year, which is once again crazy to say because we thought – at this time when we were doing videos like this last year when people were I guess I wasn't with locked on yet uh, at this point last year everyone we never thought we'd be in this position we thought last year this previous season was going to be the running back domination because we thought we would have the Tavion Thomas Mekhi Bernard two-headed monster really lead the way and tearing it up and whether because of injuries or other issues and just some struggles too from a couple of those guys just didn't work out that way but Jaquindon came in late and really kind of salvaged the season for the running backs it felt like and gave a lot of fresh life into that room and once again credit to Mekhi still not trying to to dump on him at all. I still think he's a phenomenal running back, and I think he has done some phenomenal things for this Utah football team, but – yeah, once again, I think a B plus is a, or excuse me, a B is a fair grade, and it's going to be interesting to see if that number goes up next year. Also want to thank you guys for making Lockdown On. your first listen every single day. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast. March Madness is here. It's already been some crazy stuff going on in the conference tournament. Shout out to NAU for those of you guys who didn't hear my shout out yesterday from my brother's team. Jack wizard yourself so for getting a crazy win on one of the most improbable shots of the season. But if you guys want to hear all about the madness in March, got to check out the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast. Host Andy Patton. And i Isaac Shade, have great experts, insiders, analysts, everyone, coaches, players, everyone coming on to join them to break down what's well, always one of the best times of the year in the sports calendar. So make sure you guys check out Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts or also available on YouTube. Thank you guys again for listening to us on Locked On Youths. We'll be back to, to again tomorrow, but until then, have a great day.